Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Celebrate, and I want to share with you some things about what we could celebrate and what's happened in our lives over 2021. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul is talking there to the church of Philippi and he's reminding the church of Philippi to rejoice. How many of you know your attitude determines your altitude and how far and how high you will go in life? Your attitude determines your outlook in life. If you have a, a negative attitude, you're going to always attract or go towards the negative things in your life. If you have a positive attitude, you're going to attract to the positive things in your life. And Paul is reminding the church there in Philippi. He says here in, in verse 4 of chapter 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And notice how he says always, not just when it's good and convenient to rejoice, but also in the good and in the bad times of life. To learn to rejoice. The secret of success in life is learning to turn your lemons into lemonades. It's learning to turn your scars into stars. That I'm God going to rejoice no matter what circumstance that I am in life. I'm going to learn to rejoice and give you praise where I'm at right now. Paul says in Philippians chapter for. He said, I learned the secret of success. Learning the secret of being successful was being content. Learning to rejoice and being content where I was and where I am in my life. Right now, I wonder, how many of you are really content where you are in life? Are you rejoicing? Are you celebrating? Are you giving God glory for each day that God has given you each day? I'm learning to rejoice. Always, not just in the good times. It's easy to sing a happy tune when you're going through good things. But it's hard to sing when you're going through hard times. But learning to rejoice. But then he goes on to say, I will say it again, rejoice. In other words, he's emphasizing that, Lord, learn the secret. Man, get it from your, I call it the checkup from the neck up. Man, you got to get this 18-inch syndrome from your mind to your heart. That's what they call it, the 18-inch syndrome. you got to get it from your mind into your heart out of the overflow of your heart your mouth speaks. If you always got a brain cramp in your mind, you're always thinking about the negative, the bad things, so guess what's going to happen? You're going to start acting out the bad things in your life. But you got to transform and reverse the curse and get that stinking thinking from the stinking thinking into your heart and put the good things in your heart and out of the overflow of your heart, then your mouth is going going to speak. You're going to act out what you put inside of you. So be careful what you think upon. Whatever you think upon, you become. And so you got to be careful of that. But then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, he gives out four principles here. And this is the first principle that he writes out here in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. And here's what it is. Rejoice always. You notice the word that is being emphasized, rejoice Rejoice. I don't know about you, but there's a lot to rejoice about. Yeah, we had some highs and lows. I've lost some good friends during 2021, Mark Anderson, John Gordon, and other people that we've lost through the years of 2021 and because of COVID and all the other things that have happened. And, man, the financial crisis and the stock market up and down and different things that we have invested in and trusted in have been highs and lows. And there's been some really tough times, and I get it. I understand. I put on my shoes the same way you do. I feel the pain that you feel. But also, in the midst of all that struggle, 
there's a lot of diamonds to be mined. There's a lot of diamonds that you could pull up out of the ground and say, hey, listen, God, you know what a diamond says? A diamond is actually a piece of coal that is hardened under pressure and heat and time. That through the heat and pressure and time, it becomes a diamond. And all of a sudden, you take that coal and you start to chisel on it and you start to work on it and you start to file on it, all these things. And eventually, that which looked like nothing becomes something beautiful. And you ladies like that diamond. Just check out some of your fingers. Amen. You got that carrot, one carrot, two carrot on your finger. You like that diamond. God takes your mess and gives you a message. He takes your bad and turns it into good. And there's a lot of good things that we can thank God for over 2021. And I thought about that for our church, how we could thank God. So many things have happened here in 2021. Here's a couple things that I want to share and emphasize that has happened here in 2021. Obviously, you know that we walked into this new building. Isn't that exciting? We are in our new building. Come on, give God the glory. Isn't that great that we've gotten to our new building and we're getting ready to do some other things. We're remodeling our new building as we've seen the coffee shop and all the things that we're doing there. We'll get ready to do some other things, put our informational center. That'll be our next step right out there in the foyer there, putting that out there. But God brought us our new building. And you know, it's kind of crazy because when we go into our old building and Pastor Katie and Pastor Caleb are there doing youth and kids, we always walk in there and this is what we say. Heather, we always say, we'll never fit in here again. I mean, we look and we think, how did we fit in there in the first place? And if you remember, guys, back in the old days, man, the foyer, you couldn't even get in the foyer, that people were walking outside waiting to get in. They couldn't even get into the church because the foyer was so packed. You remember those days? And now look what God's given us. He's given us this beautiful facility, something to rejoice about. And then another thing that's great is that we've had over 78, this is when we stopped counting. We figured that we had close to over 100, but we have record on 78. 78 new people that given their hearts to Jesus. Come on. Give their give a praise. Isn't that awesome? That's exciting. And we we figured that we had over 100, but we lost count along the way. But then also we had 33 people that were water baptized. Come on, that's God. That's God. Do you remember having them over here seeing all the water splashing on the floor? We're worried about the electric and all that kind of stuff. And then here's another cool thing. We had growth during the COVID time. We had growth during the COVID time. I was talking to my son, CJ, and he was telling me, he said, Dad, there's a church that's a big, large church, and they're large, and they have, man, thousands of people. But because of COVID, they're only running at 40% capacity because of the fact that people are not coming out, and their churches are declining because of COVID. Can I say this to you? Do we have something to rejoice about? During the COVID season, we didn't go backwards. We went forward. We grew. Come on. To God be the glory. Now, isn't that a God thing? I don't know about you, but that's something to get excited about. And then another thing is the remodeling of the building. You're going to see a lot of things that are going to be taking place and starting to happen around here in the building. And man, thank God for Quinn and Dan Stevens and all the guys and Dave Clark and Michael Texala and all the guys that have been helping. You're going to put out the, the new sign that's going to go out to the front. We're going to restain the outside of the building. Matter of fact, we had that all ready to get done. And all of a sudden, the cold weather hit. You're going to see the staining getting done outside. You're going to see the, the 
acrostic. It's going to be lit up. You're going to see the, the more of the signs out there on the front that's going to say Adventure Church. And it's going to be so cool that you're going to see this progress that's going to take place. Another one is our Valentine's banquet. We had our Valentine's banquet regardless of COVID. If you remember last year, we packed this place out. This year, we can only go to 220 people. And last year, we had over 240 people. But this year, we can only go 220 because of the stage and the smaller uh, facilities right now in this area. So you better grab your tickets. But again, it's going to be free. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time. The picture booths are going to be over here. Hors d'oeuvres are going to be in the front. But you know what? We have donors that are giving all that money so that you can come free. They're donating their money, their resources, so that you and I can put on a Valentine's banquet for free. And you can invite your friends. You can invite your loved ones to come. And we're just going to celebrate. Amen. And next week, Michael and Michael and, and Kari are going to be handing out the tickets next week. So make sure that you get your tickets next week because they're going to go fast. So you make sure you get them. Another one is this. Thank God for outreaches. How many remember last year we did our Easter outreach? Man, we did it in the park. We had over 1,000 people come to our Easter outreach. Come on. That's something to praise the Lord about. Do you remember that? How exciting that was? People were all the way parked down, man, past adventures. And, I mean, it was crazy to see the amount of people that came out. Pastor Katie did a great job. You contribute to the candy and all that we did, the outreaches. We did our summer camps. We had a great time. Do you know that last year was record numbers for our youth camp, that our kids, we broke records taking kids to our youth camp this year. For the first time, we broke records taking kids to youth camp. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Man, planting seeds in kids' lives. We had records this last year of taking kids, our little kids, to kids' camp. I mean to tell you, Pastor Katie packed out the bus, and, man, we had our bus drivers driving the kids there. It was so cool. We had record numbers of kids going to camp. Another thing is this, our VBS that we did in August, how great that was. That was so fun, all the T-shirts. You know, I got a collection of T-shirts. It's so cool. I look back in the last three years of our VBS. I got one for just about every day. Day pretty much now, man. It's cool. You know, VBS, all our all, all, uh, our all church camp out. We did that at Sconewood. We had our all, all church camp out, and many of us came and sang around the fire. We had our pizza bingo night. Do you know that we packed this place out? This is so cool. I want to bring some things to highlight to you, bringing diamonds up out of the coal, out of the ground, and letting you see the diamonds that happened here at our church. We had our pizza bingo night, and for those that came, you remember this place was packed. It was absolutely packed. Chris, it, it was just packed. We had no, no more tables left, people standing in the back. Do you know that 80% of that crowd that was here that night were people that were unchurched or not from this church. So 20% of those people were from the church, but 80% of them were from outside of the community. Come on, give the Lord praise. Was that exciting to see that? Our pizza bingo nights, our women's Bible study started. They did Elijah, the women's retreat, our men's retreat, and our men's group, our 50 and older club, all that we did there. Our small groups are taking off, really growing. We're going to start them again this, this coming up, end of January. I'm excited about that. It's exciting. Then we did our trunk of treat. Man, if you weren't at our trunk of treat, man, we had over 600 and some kids that came to the ice skating rink, and we gave out candy. And we had three cars that we had there, and man, we we were running out of candy. We had to keep running back and get more candy. Gary, it was so cool. And when we do this next time in September or October, we'll show you the pictures from that event of these kids lined up all the way down, about a block long of kids just coming to get candy. We were able to minister and let them know about Jesus, all because 
because of a piece of candy. Amen? Amen. It was so cool to see that happen. And then our Thanksgiving baskets. Thank God for our Thanksgiving baskets. We fed over 200 and some people last year this Thanksgiving, over Thanksgiving. It was so cool, giving out baskets. And I remember when we were making them even right here, people were coming into the church and picking up their baskets early, and we were able to bless them with the whole Thanksgiving dinner. Man, it was so cool to see that. Then Robin with Affordable Christmas. Man, I'll tell you, remember seeing all those gifts down here and all what happened here and people being blessed and parents crying because they were able to bless and buy hover boards where they weren't able to buy hoverboards at the normal price and all the things that they did here. Man, it was so exciting to see that, what God is doing. And then the sounds of the season. Wasn't that fun this year, our first annual sounds of the season? 34 people in choir. Wasn't that cool to see all that? Man, thank you for all you did. Come on, give the Lord praise. You see, these are something that we can rejoice about. That Pastor Andrew and Becky took, man, took that thing to another level and just really blessed us there. And then our Christmas Eve service and our Christmas service. And then they say we had over 2,000 people that came through the doors at that time. If you were here, remember how packed we were? And I mean all the way to the back, and it was just amazing. And we even had more chairs that we took out since then that we had in here that you may be not aware of. And we packed this place out. But there's so much to rejoice about, so much to be thankful for that what God has done for us here at Adventure Church. But in saying that, I want to take a moment to thank people. I want to say thank you, number one, first and foremost, to God. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Without him, we're just going through the motions. It's God. If God is for us, who can be against us? You said, God said, if you, if you lift me up, he will draw all men unto thee. So I thank the Lord, first and foremost, for what he has done here at Adventure Church. God, thank you that your presence is on this place, that revival is coming to Adventure Church. I believe that with all my heart, with all my soul, that revival Bible is getting ready to come to Adventure Church. Thank you, Jesus. Also, I'd like to say thank you to my staff, my wife. Man, I thank my, my wife for all she does. I thank my staff, Andrew and Becky, Lord. I thank the Lord for them. I thank the Lord for Katie and Caleb. I thank the Lord for Pastor Carolyn, for Tori. I thank the Lord for her. I thank the Lord for Pastor Carolyn and, and Jessica. All our staff, man, they, they work so hard. And I let's give it up for our staff. Can we do that? I just thank the Lord. I, I love our staff so much. I, I literally, this is no joke, and so I, if, if your dad and mom are listening, Andrew, I literally call Andrew my son. And I, I love this guy. I'm so grateful for him. I'm so grateful for our staff. Man, uh, you, we have such a great relationship. I love them dearly. I mean, I just, man, thank the Lord for them. I thank the Lord for my board, that the board is not all about them. It's about all of us. Our board is not about me, me, me. It's about you, you, you. And I thank the Lord for our, our board. We have a great, great board. I want you to understand that and know that we truly have a great board. Give it up for our board. Can you do that? I really mean that. We have a great, great board. Just a great board. But then I want to say thank you to you. Many hands make light work. And all the things, that some of the things that I mentioned, there's many more other things that I could have mentioned today. But many hands make light work. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all what you've done. I cannot tell you how grateful that Cheryl and I are for you. All what you do for us and all what you do for the Lord, I can't tell you enough how thankful, thankful, truly, and I hope you hear my heart. 
thank you for all the volunteers, from the ushers to the greeters to the security to the bus drivers to the kid workers to the nursery workers to the youth workers to all the other things that we do here at the church. The coffee. Rhonda, man, you are so dedicated to that. And isn't that awesome? Give it up for Rhonda because you get your coffee in the morning. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you for all what you guys do. Man, there's so many things. And as I list these things, maybe it's lifting your spirits that you don't have it so bad after all. I remember some time ago when I was going through a real low time in my life. When I was really going through a low time in my life, it was at North Central Bible College. I was really having a hard time, a struggle. I was really hitting the wall with God. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Man, I feel like that sometimes, Jeff. And I was really hitting the wall with God, feeling empty, maybe discouraged and not sensing his presence. And I thought I had it so bad. And, man, how many of you know that misery loves company, right? And when all of a sudden you start talking about the bad things that happen in your life, all of a sudden the peanut gallery sets in too, right? And they start cheering you on. Yeah, you're right. You're right, CJ. You're going down. You're going down. You're never going to make it, this, that, and the other thing. So I'll never forget, never forget. My wife at that time was selling Tupperware there while we were living in Minneapolis. She was a Tupperware dealer. And she was having a Tupperware party at our house, at our apartment. And so I thought, man, I don't want to be around a bunch of ladies and all what they're doing and so on and so forth. So I was in this state of mind of like, man, poor pitiful me. I really was, Tamara. I was at that stage of thinking, man, God, where are you? Do you hear me? Do you love me? Do you care about me? Do you answer my prayers? Have you ever felt like that in your life? And I thought I had it so bad, and I was really in the valley. And I'll never forget, I went on Hennepin Avenue there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you know anything about Hennepin Avenue, it's not the greatest place to be. But it's also a place where there's a lot of lost souls. And then I was just walking the street thinking I had it so bad. And finally, out of the corner of my left eye, I see across the street this gentleman that was leaning against a building. And the Lord said to me, he said, go and speak to him. So here I was, I was having my pity party. No, God, I need somebody to speak to me. How many know, you know what I'm talking about, right? I need somebody to speak into my life. God, I'm empty, I'm discouraged, I'm defeated. You want me to go and talk to him? And I was having a pity party or an argument with God. So finally, I crossed over there on Hennepin Avenue and I walked up to this gentleman. And I'll just be honest with you in describing this gentleman. He had soiled himself. He was very dirty and dingy. He stunk the high heavens. And I began to tell him about Jesus. And I began to just tell him, man, what God done in my life and what he is doing. And the more I began to tell him about what God has done in my life, my attitude started to perk up. And all of a sudden, I started quoting scriptures to this gentleman. And before you know it, this gentleman started quoting scriptures back to me. And I looked at him, I said, sir, how do you know the scriptures so well? He said to me, he said, I used to be an Assembly of God pastor. And I fell away from God. Do you know what that did to me? Something leaped inside of me. And all of a sudden, what leaped inside of me was the voice of saying, see, CJ, see, Sandy, you don't have it so bad after all. 
And sometimes in life, when you're going through the lows of life, you have to dig up the diamonds in your life to remind you that you have victories, you have landmarks, you have things in your life to remind you that, man, you might be in this season of your life, but last season was a great season. It was better than gold mining. It was better than finding the diamonds. I have great victories in my life. You have to resort back to that. And so God wants you to resort back to what he's doing in your life. But what about the now? You say, Pastor, this is a new year, new beginning, new start, fresh start. Any man being Christ is a new creation. I know the plans I have for you, but what about the now? Now, this is for you. This is for you. I always say I want to encourage you, challenge you, and inspire you today. I want to challenge you, I want to inspire you, and I want to encourage you. And this is for you. If you have your notes, the now. To know God's will for your life. To know God's will for your life. Many of you are saying, Pastor, I don't know what God has for me in my life. I don't understand. I feel like a dog chasing his tail. I don't understand what God wants for my life. I don't understand it. I feel like I'm bumping against walls. I feel like I'm in the maze of life and never at the end. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You have to seek God. You have to seek him. To know God's will for your life, you must seek him to know him. You can never know God's will in your life if you don't seek him. You have to spend time with God. You can't have a microwave experience with God and expect to hear the orders from headquarters if you're not taking time to be with God. Seek him to find him. And when you find him, you will begin to understand him. And when you understand him, then you will be able to trust him. So that's know him to understand him. And plant his plans, goals, and dreams for your life. That God, I got to get to know you. And the more you get to know God, the more you will begin to trust him. Knowing that he has the best interest for your life. He's not going to lead you down a dead end. But he's going to lead you down the path of righteousness for his namesake. That I, God, I'm going to get to know you. And the more I understand you, God, then I'm going to be able to trust you. And when I trust you, you will lead me and I will follow. I'm not going to be a backseat driver. God, I'm going to follow you with open ears and an open heart to do that which you called me to do. That's why it says to obey is better than to sacrifice. So God, I'm going to obey that which you call me to do, even though, even though you may not see the big picture. You see, this journey in life, it's fun. Heather, it's adventurous. You know why it's adventurous and it's fun? Because God shows you one step at a time. If you knew the whole picture right off the bat for your life, you would pick out things in your life. No, I don't like that. No, I don't like this. I like this. I like. So God says, I will show you as you start walking it out. So many times if God laid out the plans for you in your life instantaneously, you'd get bored with it. Well, I know where I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, I know what I'm doing next year. What fun would that be? 
But God reveals the plan each and every day. And every day that you get seeking God, God strokes another stroke on the canvas. And that canvas is the canvas on your heart that he begins to show you the will, the plan, and the purpose for your life. As you seek him, he begins to paint. He doesn't throw the whole picture at you because you'd get bored. You'd complain. You'd get upset. You'd quit. You'd start telling God what to do instead of him telling you what to do. I don't like that God. But God said, you seek me, I'll paint. I'll put another stroke on there. I'll add another leaf to that. You see, to understand him. In Matthew chapter 7, and i got to go for the sake of time. He says these in Matthew chapter 7. I love how he starts out in verse 7. He gives us a three-step principle, and it's so cool to see this. Watch this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Have not, because you ask not. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. So he's talking about you. So when you see that, apply your name there. Don't think about someone else to the right or to the left. Ask for anyone who asks. That's you. CJ, who asks, receives. So put your name there. Then he goes on to say, for anyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. You see the process? So in other words, to have the process take place in your life, there has to be action. And with every action, there's a reaction. God, I'm going to ask. It's going to be given. God, I'm going to seek. I'm going to find. God, I'm going to knock. It's going to be open. You have to do your part. And a lot of times we want the easy street. We want to take the path of least resistance. We want something for nothing. But if everything in life, you have to do something to get something. And God said, listen, you do your part and I'll do my part. That's why God says draw closer to me and then I'll draw closer to you. It's you taking the first step because after all, he took the first step by going on the cross. But now it's up to you to say, God, I'm going to show my loyalty, my commitment, my integrity, my character, my trust in you. And I'm going to walk it out. And then he goes on to say, watch this, verse 9. This is so cool. Well, look at how he says this. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? You see what God is saying there? You think I'm going to give you, if you ask for bread, a stone? Do you think I'm going to do that? Do you think I'm really going to bring pain or maybe sorrow or rejection? In your life, but then he goes on to verse 9. Which of you, go back to verse 9. Can you go back to verse 9, Don? Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Okay. Now watch verse 10. I'm sorry, Don, you were right. Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake. You see, God's not going to do the opposite of what you ask. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. How many of you want to do the best for you as parents? Kevin, I love watching you in Kasia. I watch you on Facebook. I see how you take all your, your walks and your hikes and everything you guys do. You guys are great parents, and I love, love, love your energy. And I know that you guys, I've seen your pictures from Christmas. I've seen the, the, the gifts they got. But I bet you, Kevin and Kasia, you did everything you could to get the desires of your kid's heart. Robin, you're the same way. I know your heart. You will give the shirt off your back to anybody or anyone. That's who you are. You'll give the best. You'll give the best. 
because you want to see your kids or your family blessed. It's the same way with God. Patty, I saw you with your kids, and man, there was a, man, I, I, I kid you not, Patty, it's the truth. When your pictures came on Facebook, you know what I did? I tapped it, and I blew it up. And you know what I looked at? I seen the smile in your eyes. That's no kidding. You were lit up like a Christmas tree because you were with your kids and your grandbabies. You will do anything for your kids. Story. When we were pastoring in Watertown, South Dakota, we made $156 a week. To some, that may seem like a lot, but when you have three kids, two of them in diapers, when you have a student loan only at that time was 66 67 when you had a car payment of $113 in some sense, and then you had all the other expenses, we made $156 a week. And yet our kids had needs and because they had needs and wants and wishes and desires, we as parents wanted to do anything and everything we could to supply for our kids, Michael, just like you. So what you don't know about Pastor Cheryl and I is we painted sheep barns. We cut down trees when we weren't even knowing how to cut down trees. What you don't know is at 4 o'clock in the morning, I would always have to go to church Monday through Friday to pray. 4 o'clock in the morning, that was Pastor uh, Sanders' requirement. You have to be at 4 o'clock. So there I was. But what you didn't see, Denise, was 4 o'clock in the morning, my wife loaded up the three kids in the car, the wagon in the back of our station wagon, and went to every campground surrounding Watertown, South Dakota. My wife became a professional dumpster diver. You know what she did at 4 o'clock in the morning? To provide for our kids, she would dumpster dive for all the aluminum cans for that day. She would take them to the recycle place, and they thought my wife was the biggest alcoholic because of all the beer cans that she was bringing. <laughs> but you want to know something? That's how we were able to put milk on our table. That's how, back in those days, you could buy a piece of candy for a penny. How many remember those days, right? But we did what we had to do to make it happen. And that's your God. Your God will do anything and everything to make it happen for your life. Why? Because he wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can think, fathom, or even ask. Ephesians 3, verse 20. That God wants to do that in your life. But he says, now watch this in verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. This is for you. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Verse 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them to do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. What you sow is what you reap. So if you have your notes, look at the, look at the three-step process real quick. The three-step process of coming to God is, number one, you got to ask. And when you ask, don't be afraid to ask. Can I ask you something? Why is it you can pray and ask for anybody else but yourself? Don't be afraid to ask. Seek. Seek his will, his plans, and his guidance for your life. 
that, God, I'm going to seek your will. I'm going to seek your plans and your guidance for my life. You cannot know the orders from headquarters if you don't seek the headquarter. And that's God. God knows all about you. Knock. Keep knocking until he answers. I hear people all say, I've been to the altars day in and day out. I come every time the altars are open and nothing happens. My advice to you is keep coming. That's what happens in Luke chapter 18, 1 through 5, the persistent widow. She came and she came and she came. And finally the Lord said, hey, meet this lady's needs. She's wearing me out with her coming. In the process, God speaks. But are you listening? Now get this. Are you listening, waiting, and expecting? You see the process? Give me ears to hear what the Lord is saying. But are you waiting for him to speak? Are you waiting for God to speak to you? So many times we're in this microwave mentality. Everything has to be so quick. But I've always learned that good things come for those who wait. Wait on the Lord. God, I'm going to wait on the Lord. And you're going to renew my strength. You see, it's waiting. It's, man, that's allowing God to saturate you with his presence, to fill you up. You're the sponge and he's the water. And you're never going to retain the water if you're always running from your spot for him to fill you up. Wait, but then expect, expecting. This is where people get hung up at. They lost their expectancy. Along the road, they lost their expectancy. Maybe because of hurts that happened in your life. Maybe because maybe unanswered prayers. Maybe you lost a loved one that you've been praying for and believing for to be healed and didn't happen. You name it. You put your name there. Whatever has made you lose that expectancy in your life, it's time to rekindle that again. That's why Paul said in Philippians and Timothy, he said to Paul, he said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, fan in the flame the gift and the calling that's within your life. Sometimes in your life you need to fan into flame back the expectancy that God will and he shall answer my prayer. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to bring in yesterday's garbage and lost experiences, lost expectations into this new year. I'm walking into this new year with new expectancy that God will and shall answer my prayers. You got to bring back that expectancy in your life. Proverbs 29:18. It says where there is no revelation people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom and instruction. We see listen, I'm going to go quick. I'm going to blow through this. People without vision have no purpose or direction. Therefore they get discouraged and defeated. How I many you know what I'm talking about? They get defeated, they get discouraged. Why is this happening to them and not me? Maybe it's because they have a plan, they have a purpose, they have a meaning in life. And you're just being like a dog chasing your tail. you got to get a vision. Look at this. If there is no vision for the future, there is no power in the present. That God, I got enthusiasm, I got excitement, man, I'm, because I know where I'm going. Enthusiasm and excitement come because you know the plan. You know where you're going in life. And when you know where you're going, it gives you that energy. It gives you that thrill. It gives you that excitement. I know where I'm going. And you got to find that in your life. You see, listen, if you can see it, you can be it. What do you see? 
A lot of times we only see what's out in front of us. We never step out of the box of new imaginations. We never step out of the box of experiencing something new. We walk in a rut of life. We know our routine. Boom, boom, boom. We know our cycle. We got it down to a science. You ask your wife. You ask your, your husband. They know you to a T. Well, she's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this now. She's going to do that now. They got you down. Break out of that cycle. You'll freak them out. What do you see? You see, what do you see for the new year? Check this out. The same old, same old? Or new experiences, new adventures, and a filled bucket list? What do you see? New experiences. See, everybody, they all knocked Christopher Columbus. They got on Christopher Columbus because they thought he fell off the, the world or the earth. But he wasn't afraid to venture out. He didn't see what was beyond what he could see. He saw further in his mind, his heart, and his spirit. What do you see? Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope for your future. God has a plan. Moving quickly. God sees all, knows all, hears all. So I think he knows your plan. I think he knows your plan. But you're never going to know his plan if you're not seeking. If you're not seeking. So here, how do you do that? How do I develop his will for my life? Starts by, number one, his word. You got to get in his word. Prayer, events that happen in your life. Man, events that take place. Listening to that still, small voice inside. If you don't blow the stop sign, listening to other people that God directs in your life, allowing people to speak into your life that maybe have a word that can confirm what God is saying to you. Pay attention to the desires that rise to the top. Cream always rises to the top. What is rising to your bucket list right now? What is rising to the top right now in your life? What do you see? What do you want? What is your desires? That which is rising to the top, you start going towards. Another one is this. Small thoughts lead to big thoughts. I always write my thoughts down. If you come to my house, I pulled out all my journals. It's amazing. I journal everything. I had some people in my house I was showing them my journals. I journal everything. Don't think that you're going to remember that thought. They say that an average American thinks over 17,000 thoughts a day. So don't think that you're going to remember that one little thought if you don't write it down. Because it's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Write it down. Passion that you have towards something. What is your passion? What is your passion that moves you towards something? Move towards that passion. Once you find the plan or the will for your life, you must walk it out, work it out, and write it out. Get that. Walk it out, work it out, and write it out. You got it right. You're, you plan your work and you work your plan. That's why Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. Write it down. Write it down. Make it visible. And make it plain on tablets so that the Herods may run with it. Man, you can't expect people to follow you if you don't know where you're going. And you can't expect to follow people to lead people, uh, lead people if you yourself don't know where you're going. Write it down. Make it so other people can blow into your sails and believe with you and expect with you. Amen? So look at this. Write it down like this. Your thoughts. Write down your desires, your dreams, 
your plan, and your vision. Write it down. Make it plain. You see, look at Writing things down is like a map that gives you direction. Write it down. This new year, man, jot it down. My mother, when we were growing up, she would always put things on the refrigerator. Probably you do, too, with your pictures of your grandbabies, this, that, and the other. But you know what my mother did? She wrote down little quotes, little thoughts, and she'd stick them on the, on the refrigerator. Even some of the things that I have today from my mother, she'd write on them. And one particular one is I got a ceramic elephant. It's from my mother. Home Interiors. She used to sell Home Interiors. She was a distributor. And on the base of that elephant, she wrote on there to CJ. And so when she passed, it was already had my name on it that it was mine because I liked elephants. I used to collect safari things and my decor in my office in one of my offices at the church was all safari. So she gave me this elephant. So when I tipped it over, it said, to CJ. And you know what she wrote on the base of that elephant? She says, never stop dreaming. Guess what? If you go to my house at the parsonage, I still have that elephant it's gray, little thing. And I tip it over occasionally. Never stop dreaming. And it triggers me to keep dreaming. When things are written down, it makes it visible and possible to happen. It makes it visible and possible to happen. It makes it take place in your life. Make this new year have purpose and meaning to it instead of doing the same old, same old. The only one stopping you is you. You put feet under you and start walking his will out for your life. I'm going to close with this story. I said this in the first story, uh, first service. I'm gonna, my son, Rick, who is my oldest son, uh, when he graduated, he graduated from North Central with a business degree. And he graduated with a business degree at North Central. And as soon as he graduated, he got on with U.S. Bank. And when he got on with U.S. Bank, he uh, became a teller there at U.S. Bank. And rapidly and quickly, he grew into a manager there at U.S. Bank. And uh, he became the manager. And, and so here he was at U.S. Bank. And so now he's a manager, and so while he was being a manager, the bank got robbed there in Minneapolis. Maybe he saw this on, on the news. I'm not going to tell you the bank because I don't want to. But it, he got robbed. And if you saw it on the news, they had the gun six inches from my son's chest. The gun right in his chest, Michael, right in his chest. On the news, trying to find these robbers. Never found him. Well, it was a month later. Guess what? They came back and they robbed him again. This time Rick was coming out of his office and the robbers were roughing up the tellers. The tellers were underneath the, the cubicle there and they were kicking them while they were robbing stealing the money. Rick was paralyzed. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything because they had their guns drawn. So now they thought they were going to be smart. 
They thought, well, you know those counters that you have the deposit slips on and they have the dates of what day it is. And they, they took those counters and they slid them closer to the counters that you check in at. They thought, well, in order to get to the tellers now, they have to jump over these to get to them. That will stop them, prohibit them. And then they brought a security guard on without a gun. So, guess what happened? They came back a third time. They robbed them again. And of all things, here in the parking lot, Chris, they left the fives and the tens in the parking lot. Why would you rob a bank and leave the fives and tens in the parking lot? So Rick thought he was doing a good thing by going out there and picking up the fives and the tens because they're blowing all over. Well, wrong thing to do. And they wrote them up. So through that, Rick was all messed up. They gave all the other employees counseling and let them go to counseling. They gave them time off, but not my son because he was a manager. So he made a mistake on a, on a deposit. Honest, easy mistake. And from that, they wrote him up again. And Rick got so discouraged. And he quit. He said, Dad, I, I couldn't get the screaming out of my head. Man, seeing them kicking the, the tellers and the screaming, and I was helpless and I was paralyzed. I couldn't do anything. So I, I don't want this anymore. And he came to a place in his life, and Scott's here. He remembers this. He was paralyzed. Jeff, he wanted to quit. How many of you ever felt like quitting? Maybe you feel like right now. Levi, I love you so much, brother. I'm going to tell you right now, don't you quit. Don't you quit. Check this out. Colton, my son was at the lowest of lows. Paid all this money to go to North Central. Now I was working at Menards. And all of a sudden, passion rode in him. It bubbled up. I want to be a chiropractor. Went on to chiropractic school, sold his home, and halfway through it to help him with his bills, and became a chiropractor. Stephanie, it's never too late to dream again. You know what he did? Went on to finally graduate. And I'll never forget the day. He came up this way and he walked down this aisle. We're sitting basically where you're at. And we got to see him walk down the aisle. My son's 6'7". He towered over all the rest of them. And he walked up onto the platform and they put a shawl around him. Because he was so tall, they had to have a step stool so the lady could stand up high enough to get the shawl high enough to get around him. And when they said, graduating class of this year's graduating class, Rick Johnson and man Scott and all the rest of my family, yeah! And he walked across that platform and my son is not the normal. He's slapping, high-fiving the president and all the rest of them as he's walking off the platform. In the meantime, mom and I are crying. 
we said, Brandon, he dreamed. He didn't give up. And today, he just got promoted. And he's got his own practice. And he's working with another doctor at, back, at the joint. It's called the joint. Not the joint you smoke. My point is, listen, Daniel. Listen to me. It's never. It's kind of loose here, Andrew. But it's kind of thought I was falling off. Don't you ever give up. This is a new year for a reason. A new start, a new dream, a new beginning. Rick could have quit, but he went out and got a second degree. And now his accounting degree is helping him in his chiropractic business. He could have quit. Marine, dream. 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 Heather's daughter, this is your year. This is your year. You received that. Yesterday is gone. You are special. You are loved. You are a gift from God. You dream. Dream. Because God has something great for you. But here's the question. Are you knocking? Are you knocking? Are you asking? And are you seeking? Will you stand with me today? Dream. 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 Dream, young lady. Dream. Go for it. The sky is the limit in your life. You dream. Can I pray over you this morning? I remember Robert Schuler when I used to watch Robert Schuler on TV at the Crystal Cathedral. And his last words that he would pray is, Lord, bless them in their going in and in their going out. Lord, whatever they put their hands to do, may it prosper. That's my prayer for you. That whatever, Michael, Kari, you do, it will prosper. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. I love them so dearly. And I pray that, God, you are the God of second chances. Maybe 2021 wasn't so great. But thank God it's a new year, new beginning, new start. And, Lord, we make a choice, God, to walk into that new beginning, new start, new experiences and adventures in our lives. I pray that you will bless them in their going in and their going out, and that whatever they put their hands to doing will prosper, that you will meet their needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus, that, God, they will put on new passion, new desires and dreams in their lives and walk it out and wait and believe and expect again. And, Lord, we thank you. What the enemy intended for bad, God, this year, you're going to turn it around for the good. We thank you, Father. Bless them. Be with them. Get them home safe in this cold weather. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, now come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. We love you. We truly do. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. 
Thanksgiving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.